Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts. And as always, I am joined by the intrepid uh, duo, Alberto and Jim. How's it going, gents? I'm trying to figure out what intrepid I'm already lost. I do like to use big words every now and again. Um, <laughs> um, well, it's a good thing. We'll just leave it at that. It's a good thing. It's all good. Yeah. We're good. Okay. So uh, what's, what's Jim, what's new in your world? Um, what is new in my world? So I have um, purchased three keto bricks, which I know that you are a fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, first round of going through these. And so I have three of them. The one that I am currently working on is the um, cookies and cream crunch keto brick. And so far, so good. It, I will say it's not the texture that I expected it to be. Not that that's a bad thing. Um, it's just not what I expected. Um, I was imagining maybe it was that subconscious part of my brain, something a little bit more of like a fun brownie kind of thing like a little and it's a little bit more chewy than that um but for a meal replacement and taste wise and everything i'm thrilled so far so that's my that's my first one to uh, give a shot awesome well our, our guest today just to you know hint, throw the hint out uh we'll right. be able to speak to some of that brandon is manager of keto brick and operations and he's going to be able to uh, to help us so we've got brandon clark on the show this week and we're excited to have you here um so alberto what's new with you uh, coming to you from beautiful Wichita Falls, which is about five hours away from home, because, you know, that's how my life is. But uh, I would say what's new and definitely most interesting is my so far successful strict keto high fat bulk has plateaued. I am no longer gaining weight at 3,700 calories and 310 grams of fat. And I think my waist is shrinking again. <laughs> oh, Lord. oh, my gosh. Oh, in the world. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't even like, I'm just, I've been, and you know, Brandon is going to love this. I've been doing this. I've been eating 3,700 calories and 310 grams of fat since the middle of July. I did gain about five pounds since then, but I'm stuck at like 180, 181. And my pants are getting comfortable again. So it's like <laughs> this, this voodoo is freaking me out. <laughs> Yeah, um, we had, in fact, this, uh, the the episode that's coming out while uh, the week that we're recording this is when we have our conversation about calories and how they matter and how they don't. And uh, this is one of those times where it doesn't seem to matter what you do with calories as long as you're using them. uh, Let me throw the caveat out there that, you know, at one point, and there's a whole episode about this, talk about that. There was one time where my metabolism was as broken, if not more broken than anyone's. And like, and so this, this to me is just at 40 years old, this is just completely freaking mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, you have fixed your metabolism. That's for sure. It's, it's running on all cylinders. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's dive into some shout outs real quick. Uh, Jim, who are you going to, re- uh, shout out this week? 
My shout out is to, I believe, one of our newer members. Um, I, I don't know this gentleman. I really haven't engaged him too much in the group. Uh, Stephen Brassard, if I'm pronouncing that right, um, posted a, a couple of uh, photos, kind of a Transformation Tuesday that we do, uh, kind of the before and now, so to speak. So his write-up says, I started keto on March 22nd, and I set myself three goals. Two were realistic, and one I felt was not. Now, this is being recorded at the end of October. So March to October, that's what, almost eight months-ish, mm -hmm. I think. Today, I'm at the unrealistic goal in less than a year. I started at 391 pounds. My unrealistic, uh, my unrealistic goal was to get under 300 pounds. Today, I weighed in at 299.3. So kudos to Stephen and, uh, you know... The side-by-sides and everything like that, I mean, it is an obvious change for the better for the guy and uh, just fantastic job for setting what he felt was an unrealistic goal. And in less than 12 months, he hit it. So fantastic job to Stephen. Absolutely. And I bet he's got some new goals that he probably would have never, ever thought. And mm -hmm. he's going to reach him. He's going to reach him. Yep. Alberto, how about you? Uh, that's going to be kind of a, a blanket shout out. Uh, I travel a lot for work, in case you haven't noticed. And uh, to all the guys out there in the group and anywhere else for that matter that uh, are doing the best that they can, given the circumstances they're in. You know, we don't always end up at the best particular restaurant. Sometimes I just end up where the customers want to go. Sometimes you end up with what's available in your town. But uh, I mean, these guys are out there uh, making the best decisions they can, given their circumstances. And that's a commendable effort because, you know, they could eat the whole pizza, but they're not. They're scraping the toppings off and, you know, may, might not be the greatest dinner option in the grand scheme of things, but it's what they got in front of them and it's what they're going to eat and, it, and it, it falls within plan. So I think that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Uh, that's that it, you you post it pretty regularly whenever you're posting pictures. Uh, places change. Keto doesn't. And I think that's absolutely true. Uh, but it, it, it takes a lot of effort sometimes to continue uh, to, to that. I am going to, uh, to to shout out Mark Silberg. He uh, posted a, a picture that he had been uh, he'd been lurking for a while, posted a, a picture from this week's Transformation Tuesday. And uh, he kind of does a little bit of a get to know you. I liked this a lot. Um, so, Mark, thank you for that. Gave some uh, 12 random facts about him and gave a, a good overall picture of, uh, of his life and, and what he's uh, kind of who he is. Is and that so that's really cool. Um, but he has done some amazing work uh, to reclaim his health. And my 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 colorful expression that I used in, in commenting on his post was, "Holy shnikes, you look good." <laughs> um, so chances are, if you can smell how if you can spell how I uh, spell shnikes, you can find my post and then find his. Um, good, excellent job, uh, Mark. Definitely uh, keep up the good work. And uh, I hope that you're not drinking any Coca Cola in your Coca-Cola Coca collecting uh, because that's one of the things that he does is collect. Uh, Try saying that again. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that uh, he, he's doing a, a great job. Now, uh, when this airs, it will be in the thick of Carnovember. So uh, an encouragement to the group, those of you who are, are uh, kind of going along with this and, and trying to do a, a month of Carnivore, how's it going? Share within the group. Uh, it, this is uh, about this should be airing two weeks before Thanksgiving. Are you seeing um, your cravings kind of go down? Do you, how do you feel about coming up to Thanksgiving? Things like that. So share share what's going on with it. Um, definitely uh, try to, to let us know what your how's that how that's going for you and how you're feeling because by now you should have had a couple weeks of, of uh, at least semi strict carnivore and you should be feeling some changes uh, more than likely. So let us know. Well, that's enough banter for me. Any other news or, or uh, topics that you guys want to cover before we dive into our guest? 
I hope that by the time the show comes out, um, we've crossed the 3,000 member mark for the Keto Man Club group uh, on Facebook. So that is huge. Um, I'm just amazed every time. Every day that I come into that group and read stories of how guys are doing, it's just awesome. And I I just can't can't get over it sometimes, how this has come about. So um, hopefully as we get into the holiday season, you know, I'm not going to fault anybody for enjoying grandma's sugar cookies on Christmas Day or anything like that. You know, do what you got to do to enjoy the holidays and everything, but jump right back in, get on it, because we're all in this to help one another uh, on this journey. Absolutely. Okay. Well, today we are joined by Brandon Clark. He is uh, NACA. Well, I guess it'd be world champion because technically NACA is a, you know, supposed <laughs> to be international. Um, uh, NACA bodybuilding competition winner from 2019. He did a phenomenal job. We're going to get, uh, he, he does a few other things, like maybe just kind of a few, um, <laughs> including <laughs> being father and manager at the Keto Brick uh, Compound. So uh, let's dive right on in. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's a uh, honor to be on your podcast. I really appreciate it. This is awesome. Yeah, it's really great to have you on. And um, we, me and Alberto, we got to to see you uh, up in Dallas a couple weeks ago. And uh, you know, the pictures on online don't do it justice. So you you <laughs> you, uh, you you did quite the number on yourself, and and uh, in, in a very good way. So uh, very inspiring, very challenging to me personally to uh, to 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 tell myself uh, why do you have excuses again? Because uh, <laughs> and we'll get into all that. I have questions. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. And for uh, and for the listeners that are probably like, what the hell are these guys talking about? Uh, take us through your October 12th. Now, it doesn't got to be anything crazy. Just a few minutes on what you went through and what you accomplished on October 12th. Yeah. I, me and Chris were there and it was pretty awesome. So we could talk about it vaguely, but I, I want to hear it briefly just from your perspective. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, so yeah, October 12th in Dallas, Texas was uh, the first ever keto bodybuilding competition. And uh, it was uh, by the um, National Athletic Keto keto association uh naca and um so i had i i competed in this event after 20 weeks of uh competition prep and actually got um into the best uh physical shape of my life the leanest um i have ever been as an adult and i you know ended up uh competing and against um four other competitors and uh and then you know ended up taken first fortunately my uh my oldest boy uh was able my oldest boy of five so i have uh five children and uh my oldest was able to come and then uh, my boss uh robert sykes the uh owner and founder creator of keto brick um he actually uh arranged to surprise me and got my brother um one of my six brothers all the way here uh from virginia to uh to be there at the competition with me. So, um, it was an amazing, uh, experience. Um, my first ever competition and, uh, one thing that's uh, really unique um, that I did uh, was not only, you know, is it pretty unique in and of itself to uh, utilize a ketogenic approach for a bodybuilding competition, um, but uh, I also uh, did it without a gym membership. I did all of my workouts at home in my garage. I didn't use any weights, only used body weight exercises and resistance bands and uh, and did that all um, uh, in the comfort of my own home yeah comfort (laughs) it was not comfortable but uh, i did it in my own home in my garage (laughs) 
Yeah. And that, that was the part that was very challenging to me, um, was that I, I'd kind of gotten myself to the point where I'm, I am legitimately extremely busy between podcasting, between work. Um, I am, I'm extremely busy church things and personal things and all that stuff. And so, uh, I, you know, I've been, uh, you call it plateau, you call it wall. I, I, I'll call it my body found a comfortable place. I ate mainly keto for the most part. And I, it just stalled out uh, about 30 pounds before where, where I'd like to be. And the truth is I was giving myself a whole bunch of excuses and I hear your story and the year prep and that, you know, 30 to 45 minutes of workout a day with resistance bands and whatever space you have in your house. <laughs> I'm like, okay, just kill me now because I don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> so, yeah. Do, you, do so, you have any idea what your body fat percentage was when you stepped on stage? I mean, I have a guess, and my guess is somewhere between 5 and 7%, 7% maximum. But did you, did, you have, did you have any idea of what you, you stepped on stage at? I didn't actually test, but uh, but Robert um, Robert Sykes, um, you know, he's as, as much of a, uh, I mean, he's definitely an expert. And uh, he said that uh, he was certain I was below 6% body fat. Wow. wow. So yeah, I, he had never back, been that vascularity. low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the, the shape I showed up in. Yeah, I, I have never been, you know, in that uh, great of physical condition before. And I uh, really didn't, you know, know if I had the ability to uh, to bring that kind of uh, package on show day. And uh, I was very happy to see the results. The uh, Deeper State Keto program uh, worked wonders for me. Absolutely. Well, we kind of d- dove into the deep end at the at the start. Let's go ahead and come and come back to the beginning a little bit, and let's get your story. Kind of uh, le- lead us up to you finding uh, keto, uh, what your what uh, health uh, journey you've been on, and things like that. Uh, let's let's lead up to to keto and things like that, and and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. Sure, sure, absolutely. So um, I got into uh, health and fitness as a uh, as a kid in uh, when I was. Um, I was your typical uh, chubby, overweight kid that got made fun of for being overweight, and uh, that really, um, you know, that that hurts. You know, I still remember it, uh, um, you know, vividly uh, being made fun of for being overweight. And when I was in uh, middle school, my dad, who was a police officer at the time, he actually competed um, in the EAS Body for Life uh, competition that Bill Phillips. Uh, put on back in the mid 90s. And that was my first time really being exposed to um, to health and fitness uh, in terms of making a transformation. And uh, I saw my dad completely um, transform his physique and get into the best physical shape I had ever seen him in. And from that moment, um, I was hooked. I realized there was actually something I could do about being overweight. And uh, once I started working out, um, you know, I I was hooked on it. It lit a fire in me. And I actually, I started, you know, reading every muscle magazine I could get my hands on, every book I could get my hands on. Uh, My parents supported uh, my, you know, health and fitness passion and purchased me and my uh, six brothers um, weight sets for the house so that we could work out. And uh, Probably cheaper than a gym membership for six. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And then, you know, we could um, still technically do it under their supervision and everything. But, uh, 
But, you know, then I got into uh, football and working out is naturally a part of that. And the nutrition protocol I followed is typically the the um, the average muscle magazine, you know, uh, high protein, um, high carb, low fat. And then if you want to cut, you know, you cut the carbs with the fat and you're pretty much a zombie and feel miserable and you're choking down dried out chicken breasts and broccoli. And, uh, chicken and rice. Oh man, so much chicken and rice. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Like, uh, and that's, that's the protocol I followed and it worked. Um, it worked, but it was miserable. And, uh, I essentially, I couldn't maintain it. So I essentially began as I, you you know, went through my teenage years and played football in middle school and high school and I uh, um, became an adult, uh, I was essentially going through re- a repetitive yo-yo diet. About every year, um, I would gradually put on more and more weight until I, you know, became disgusted with myself and uh, say, I would say, no, right, that's enough, no more. And I would be working out all this time. I just couldn't sustain the results I'd gotten from the prior cut. And so I would do this grueling, you know, 12 to 16 week cut and uh, where I'm essentially like down in water just to get the dried chicken breast down. And uh, um, this continued on into adulthood. So I ended up becoming a police officer um, out of high school. I actually got hired as a, in a civilian position first as a police cadet uh, full time at 18. And then I uh, went through the police academy when I was 20. I also got married when I was 18. And my wife got pregnant with our first child a year later. And uh, so I kind of did a lot of things really, really fast. And uh, it uh, was pretty overwhelming. But the um, physical fitness was always... I, uh, you know, a center, um, very like grounding thing in my life, something that, uh, that relieved a lot of stress and I got a lot of enjoyment out of. And, uh, as a police officer, I found it very important, um, you know, for my, uh, for my body to handle the crazy shift work and all the overtime and all the stress, but then also to be able to survive, um, you know, an attack or a fight with a suspect or something like that. So, um, as I continued, uh, and my wife and I continued to have more children, um, I also began doing, uh, more and more, um, varied assignments in law enforcement, some, uh, very, uh, dangerous, stressful, and non-family friendly assignments. Uh, so I ended up, uh, being on a, um, street level drug interdiction unit for a couple years, went undercover in narcotics for four years, and, uh, then was on the uh, Joint Terrorism Task Force with the FBI, working national security cases, uh, worked human trafficking, and was on the U.S. Marshals uh, Fugitive Task Force. Um, so physical fitness remained you know, uh, very important in my life, but my nutrition was all over the place. And actually, if I'm brutally honest, the more children I had and the crazy work schedule, my nutrition was the first thing to go out the window. And I actually got to the heaviest point that I was when I was undercover in narcotics. And that was at uh, just over 200 pounds. And how, how tall are you? So I'm about, uh, about 5'10". Okay. And, um, and it was a very unhealthy, you know, 203 pounds was about where I topped out at. And, you know, it wasn't just the physique that was suffering. Um, nobody really knew it about me, but, uh, I was struggling with, uh, increasing compounding issue of depression and anxiety. 
And uh, it actually got to a point to where um, I remember uh, it was in 2016. I was on the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force. And, you know, none of these issues affected my work performance. I was able to hold it all together, but I was really struggling with depression and anxiety and nobody knew anything about it. Not even uh, my wife. I kept it entirely to myself. And I just didn't know what was going on. I knew my uh, physical fitness was slipping out of my control very quickly. Um, I had no energy. I had uh, um, four or five children at this point. And I love that. I'm sorry, four <laughs> or five. I don't know. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. At, at, uh, after about three, it's just like, you know, it, it is what it is. When they start being able to take care of each other at cer- at a certain point, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that is true. They, they do end up being able to at least assist to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they want to. <laughs> exactly. It's, there's always a battle to make it happen. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was, uh, I found myself really in a depression and anxiety struggle. And what I ended up finding out from a, another police officer, very close friend of mine was that I was dealing with the, um, compounding issues of PTSD from, uh, the things that I was experiencing on the job and the things that I was, uh, being exposed to. Um, and so I got to a point with this it, that I actually like started to get worried about myself. Uh, I was more worried about myself mentally than physically, actually. And um, I started to uh, to pray to God to, uh, um, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on with me. But, uh, you know, I have a serious problem and, and calling out to God for help um, because I was really worried. And when you're in law enforcement, you know, you can't really there's a stigma, you know, that you can't really talk about these things because if they hear that you're having, you know, depression and anxiety, um, then there's an immediate concern of whether or not you're fit for duty. I mean, you're out there carrying a gun, you're doing, um, stressful work and, uh, if they have a concern of whether or not you're fit for duty, then you have the potential of being placed on administrative leave until you can be tested uh, for, uh, you know, somebody to determine whether or not you're fit for duty. And during that time, um, you can't work any of the overtime assignments that most police officers become dependable on mm-hmm. in order to provide for their family, which was my situation exactly. And uh, so I felt like I couldn't go to anyone. And uh it was a uh, a horrible time, but um, it was amazing. It was during that time. It was just a little bit after I, I actually started praying about it that um, I went away with my brothers and my dad for kind of with for like a guy's weekend. And uh, my dad started talking about this ketogenic diet and started sending me articles um, about all the studies about people like transforming their lives and not only, you know, their, their physical change, but, uh, their mental health and, uh, the clarity and focus and energy, uh, benefits of keto. And so I decided to go ahead and take a shot at it. This is, um, this is in the fall of 2016. And, uh, I like most people, um, when I first tried, did not do my research at all. 
I just, you know, I cut all the carbs. I really wasn't, you know, you think you're getting a lot of fat when you first start, but you're really not getting enough. <laughs> and uh, and I ended up with an unbearable case of the keto flu. It was horrible. And uh, I was at the, I very quickly within those first two weeks got to a point where I was like, forget this. This is horrible. And uh, I was like, I can't, um, I can't even function. And fortunately, by that point, I had watched so many videos on YouTube about it that I was convinced, you know, and read these articles that my dad sent me. Um, I was convinced that I must be doing something wrong. Um, so I uh, actually dug in and did my research and ended up coming across um, one of Jason Whitrock, uh, one of his videos on YouTube called the uh, Top 5 Keto Mistakes. And uh, that was where I learned about the electrolytes and how to manage and supplement with uh, sodium, potassium, and magnesium. And that was the main game changer for me. Um, I decided to take another shot at it, uh, correcting the things that uh, I found in that video that I was doing wrong, mainly my electrolytes. And and that, again, was the fall of uh, 2016. And I have never looked back since. I've been, um, I've been keto ever since. And uh continued my research into intermittent fasting, experienced incredible benefits from intermittent fasting. Um, and then, uh, you know, up until actually taking it to what I tell people is taking keto to the next level, which is doing the uh, deeper state keto program, uh, which got me to the best physical condition I've ever been in in my life with a top weight loss from beginning to end um, of about 43, 44 pounds. Um, so it's so pretty insane, but I would, one thing I do want to emphasize is that what was initially, um, you know, all about losing weight and, you know, essentially being able to be lean and fit year round, uh, that turned into a situation where that was just icing on the cake. What kept me, what made me such a believer in the ketogenic diet and has made me convinced that I will keep it a lifestyle for the rest of my life, no, no matter what, um, is the mental clarity and the focus and recovering completely from my to my depression, my anxiety, my PTSD issues that I was suffering from. And uh, I went from like barely getting any sleep to now I get great sleep at night. And uh, it healed me um, mentally and uh, and then brought me to the best physical condition of my life. And um, in, in my mind, I've seen the benefits. So I don't care what anybody has to say negative about the ketogenic diet. You know, I've proven it um, to myself and uh, made myself a believer in it. So I want to go back a little bit because you covered so much, Brandon, in the last few minutes or whatnot. Um, anxiety and depression, that is a, uh, those are both words that come up frequently in our group and in discussions and guys don't talk about those things. And it's just, it's, yeah. Um, what was your, you talked about talking with your dad and that, that trip and everything. Um, what were you feeling inside that told you that that's what it was, that it was the anxiety and depression, that it wasn't the working out or the diet, but you knew that there was something off somewhere that was just getting to you more and more every day. 
I, uh, you know, depression is a, it's kind of, it's a crazy thing. It's a, it's a little bit hard to, um, des- describe, but, uh, I felt like, um, you know, that there was like a sense of, uh, there was a sense of hopelessness. Um, there was a sense of, uh, of losing a grasp of, uh, control of, uh, of being able to, to manage your life. And, uh, on top of that, I felt like um, a lot of it had to do with that feeling of a, a lack of control. And I think a lot of that came from my ability to focus was like unraveling. Like I, I could hardly keep my mind focused. And, you know, fortunately, it didn't get to a point where it started actually, you know, showing in my uh, performance and work or to a noticeable extent with those around me. Um, I was, but I, I essentially felt like I was barely hanging on and, uh, barely able to, you know, keep all the balls in the air that I was required to. And, um, I mean, I, I even remember like, I would want to focus on something like even during my workouts, like my mind would be going, you know, um, all over the place, like that inability to focus on one task on one thing with one purpose and get what you want out of it seemed gone. And, uh, and that's what really started to, to scare me was, um, this feeling like I can't pull it together and, and perform the way I believe I need to. Um, and it's almost like I've lost the ability to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you weren't I, doing low risk police work either. No, no, it was, uh, there was a, and then there was a lot of, um, instances that happened during that. So I was, uh, you know, a, a lot of this, I believe was magnified during the time that I was undercover. And, uh, you know, I was undercover in the, in the city that I lived. Um, and so it was extremely stressful. I still remember, you know, um, my wife and kids had a cover story. If we ran into a drug dealer, I was purchasing from in an undercover case, you know, when I was off out at Walmart or something with the family. And, uh, there were instances of walking into restaurants and I would make eye contact with the cook in the back that was a drug dealer that I had arrested and we'd have to turn around and walk right back out. Um, there, you know, instances, and then there was like the really heightened instances where, you know, in one situation when I was, uh, um, when I was on the uh, federal drug task force with the uh, FBI that uh, I had uh, just um, indicted a uh, a drug dealer where we lived, a very well-known drug dealer. And uh, one of my family members left our house and then ended up calling us terrified, saying she had been followed from our driveway all the way across town back to her house. And uh, to the point that she didn't even feel safe pulling in her driveway, she went to the uh, neighborhood community pool in, in order to get that car to stop following her. And oh. it was... Uh, it, that you know all of these situations um you know magnified all of the things that I was already struggling with but this took it to the next level to where I was I could barely sleep and every you know I would wake up to every little noise in the house and would end up clearing my whole house with my firearm and uh multiple times in the night every time somebody drove down our street I was looking out the blinds you know seeing um who it was if it was somebody I was working a case on if it was a drug dealer or a you know, an informant or something like that. And um, that stress really compounded things. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Wow. <clears throat> Alberto? It was a lot. That <laughs> was a lot. So uh, um, how did you transition from that to your current career? Did you just have enough? So, um, so when uh, Ferguson, Missouri happened, um, when everything that went down in Ferguson with, uh, with Michael Brown, I believe was his name, um, that was a turning point for law enforcement. And I, I mean, it, the climate was already getting bad, uh, with, um, attacks against law enforcement and, uh, and uh, this, uh, targeting, um, of law enforcement in the media and, you know, by certain people in the community. And, I uh, it just continued to get worse. Um, and I believe a breaking point for me and, uh, especially this was absolutely a defining point for one of my brothers that was also a police officer at the same department I was at, um, was the, uh, the shootings in Dallas, uh, where I think it was eight police officers that were killed at that protest. And, uh, it just kept compounding to the point where I was, I, was realizing I, I was trying to be the best that I could be at everything. And I couldn't be the best police officer that I could be and do all that was being demanded of me in that position and also be the best husband and father that I could be. And I got to a point to where I realized that um, if I wasn't careful, I may end up like a lot of the guys that, uh, you know, withstand a full career in law enforcement for 25, 30 years. And yeah, they end up attaining a high rank and a nice paycheck, but their family is gone. And uh, I began getting concerned that this was destroying my relationships with my wife and with my kids um, and the situation around the pay and uh, the um, the support, you know, from city council was not there. And all of these things just kept compounding. They kept uh, um, increasing our insurance and all that and taking away benefits and my wife and I discussed all of these things and, you know, everybody kept telling us, you know, that we'd be crazy to leave because I was 15 years into a career. Um, but uh, I had decided that enough was enough and that uh, that I needed to get out of it uh, for um, for not only, you know, my own uh, for myself, but also for my family. And that um, if my wife and my kids were my top priority, you know, second only to my uh, faith in Jesus Christ, then I. I needed to take action that uh, lined up with that. And so we started to look at uh, different job opportunities and different avenues maybe that we could go down. Um, and I already was following Keto Savage, Robert Sykes on YouTube and was already buying the keto bricks. I would bring them on troll with me and have them in the car. And uh, so I, I loved the product and uh, saw that they ended up announcing that they were hiring for a production manager over keto brick. And uh, <clears throat> my wife ended up saying that she would back me on it. And we, uh, we took a trip out and interviewed for the job. And I was blessed enough to get the opportunity that uh, led me to where I am now. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's been it's been fun to get to watch everything through the Keto Bricks uh, evolution and growth through the through the last couple of years and and seeing the team build around it. Now I've had the benefit of being on the compound, be able to uh-huh. to get to interact with you guys in person, and you just are a great. It's a great group of, of people that that uh, Robert and and uh, Crystal have pulled together around them, and and so you you fit right in from everything that I can tell. Uh, you're, you're you're helping make it uh, be the best that possible can be but uh, really really cool stuff and you've got some believers in the keto brick product here i i know that i am at least i've got uh, four different flavors in my office <laughs> actually no three i finished my last peanut butter you guys need to do that one again soon oh man that peanut butter <laughs> um that peanut butter one when uh, when you guys are talking about that fudge consistency mm-hmm, if that, that one does it that one does it that one hits the spot on that particular factor um like on the spot mm-hmm. <laughs> and the uh the, the pumpkin <laughs> pie is excellent as well oh yeah said, i've talked about it before like uh, i have issues with the keto brick but it's not the keto bricks fault it, it's kind of a funny <laughs> story you know i I, ha- I have three kids too and uh and this was actually last year when i was going through a going through a book but i wasn't tracking that's what got me going through this one and tracking religiously because like it kind of worked but i had no idea why because i was i just wasn't really watching my numbers so like every day every night after dinner i would take a keto brick chop it up Mix it with like a, I think like a, a cup of heavy whipping cream, and just eat it like cereal. Well, you know my my uh, that sounds my amazing. Six year old daughter, it, it's it's really good. <laughs> well, it, my lovely six year old daughter who who's tried to kill me on two separate occasions now. Uh, like I I have pretty severe stomach issues, and so I stay 100 percent strict keto. And so she comes home with a bug from school that that a stomach bug that took me out for about a week and a half. But the very last thing I ate, oh no, <laughs> before that hit me was a keto brick oh. and I, I probably still got five or six of them in the cupboard and if i've even gone as far as if i even open up the package oh. i can't even get past that that's totally <laughs> it was just like, man that's a, it's inevitable <laughs> it happens yeah it, i mean it was so bad it was when i was finally able to like get up and around like i would want like my smoker in the backyard is like 20 or 30 feet from the door i would walk out the back door i could smell the smoker and that would make me nauseous <laughs> Wow. So, so, wow. so yeah, I, I was in bad shape for a little minute there. Like ever since I got, I have like, I think six or seven of the, of the original mocha keto bricks left. And I'm just like, like, I think my next experiment is going to be like melt them down and put them over bacon and, and see if I can, if I can get through them that way. But I'm, I'm looking for new and interesting ways to, to get back on board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to try, you got to try my most recent way of enjoying it is to melt it down and then uh, to use, uh, to melt it down to where it's a liquid in the microwave about 30 to 45 seconds. And then uh, use pork rinds, uh, plain pork rinds to scoop it up. And it might not sound that appealing initially, but it is amazing. Sounds like it. It is uh, yeah, awesome. Sounds like uh, you're, you're making a bunch of low-fat ketoers have brains explode. <laughs> <right about now. laughs> so actually, that's a great question because one of the things that you did during during your, your prep was high fat and we're talking legit high fat so let's talk about that a little bit yeah yeah so um so that was one thing like when i first was learning the deeper state uh keto program i kind of had this initial reaction where i was like is this even possible 
like as I this is super super high fat like uh you know over um at you know you're at at least 80% of your calories coming from fat you're restricting your carbohydrates to no more than 10 total carbs um and I was like how do you even do that and uh and then you're also taking into account your calories and you're gradually reducing your calories um over the weeks um of the program and uh I started to find difficulties with trying to keep my protein at the level that it needed to be at, which at the end of my, in the last week before the show, I had gotten down to uh, 1,466 calories, um, uh, right at about 133 grams of fat and only 57 grams of protein. And, uh, and then you're, you know, you're still talking on no more than 10 total carbs. And it, uh, it was like this little puzzle of trying to figure out how to hit the super high fat number without going over the protein number. And yeah, it's uh, a challenge. it is, it is definitely. And, and your body does go through a little bit of adjustment with those high fats. So, so if anybody, you know, is experiencing like some slight digestive issues or anything like that, um, like your body does have to go through a little bit of an adjustment. Um, uh, but I think that kind of comes with anything, you know, dietary when you switch things up. Um, but, uh, I really, I mean, the program works, my body responded, you know, better than it has to, uh, to anything else. And, uh, I really felt optimal at that higher fat level because in the first month of deeper state keto, you go through this, a uh, little bit of an, ex- uh, experiment where you're trying to determine your own personal fat and protein threshold. So during that first month, you're gradually week by week, lowering the fat and increasing the protein. And you're supposed to do that until you see some type of adverse side effects like either, you know, digestive issues, a weight stall, a slight weight increase, you know, bloating, um, you know, things like that start to mount up. And then, you know, then you're able to kind of better determine, am I a, you know, a 75% fat or a 70% fat or do I need to be up at the 80% fat? And does my body need more or less protein? So it's uh uh, I've, I've said it before, like I've never seen a more detailed and a more strategic program than DSK. And uh, the proof is in the pudding with it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, for, for those that really want to dive deep into some of the science and some of the experience that, that was had by, by Brandon for the prep, they, they uh, he and Robert sat down and did about three hours worth of conversation uh, <laughs> that are on uh, both in video and in podcast form. Uh, I might have had a hand in the video, just <laughs> saying. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> so it, it's, uh, it, it's, that's a really great thing, you know, great way to really, really dive deep and hear you know, creator of deeper state talk with one of the people that has really maximized its usage in a way that, that Robert never planned. They mm-hmm. dive into all the nicks and crannies of it. It's really a pretty great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that conversation and uh, I, I've learned a great deal from Robert. Um, one of the things that's really surprised me was that I actually even got to a point, you know, you wouldn't think this for in a bodybuilding prep that you would ever get to a point where you would cut out eggs. 
Um, but I had to cut out eggs because it would throw my protein way too high before I hit my fat macros. And uh, what ended up, um, uh, do, do you mind if I go into my use of the how I utilize the keto brick during my prep? Oh, please, please. Okay, so I, uh, you know, I was a fan of the product beforehand and thought, you know, uh, was a believer in its super high quality. But um, this process, this twenty weeks of prep using the keto brick, uh, I used it from day one all the way through to the end of uh, of my prep, including peak week, uh, the week before the show, including the night before the show during my refeed meal. And then during uh, the actual day of the competition up until an hour before stepping on stage. Um, but I had cut out eggs at a certain point. So if that goes to like show you the quality um, and the effectiveness uh, of the, uh, the keto brick, and it really proved to me um, how effective it is as a, you know, it's not just a keto or a really good keto product, you know, it's a performance bar and, uh, and can be utilized as such. And what was funny is, um, when I would be struggling to try and determine how I could hit these macros, when I would plug in a portion of the keto brick, everything ended up evening out because the keto <laughs> brick is, uh, it's the, the macros in it are just incredible with it being over 80% fat. And so each keto brick, you know, is, um, is around, you know, 90 some grams of fat, uh, you know, down, um, the carbs range from 12 to 16 grams, uh, per brick, but that's for the total 1000 calorie brick mm-hmm. for or there's 12 to 16 total carbs, depending on the flavor. And, uh, and then I believe it's like around, um, 30 to 33 or 34 grams of protein per brick, depending on the flavor. And I, I was just amazed that I could, you know, continually implement this delicious product that, uh, you know, all the way through beginning to end. And what was also amazing was when my body was in this depleted state, you can really tell how your body responds to different foods and, uh, you know, whether your body is, you know, benefiting off of the nutrients or whether you kind of start feeling like you're becoming nutrient deficient, because if you're not getting something of a good quality source and you're at a very, you know, um, severe caloric deficit, your body's, you're going to feel it. Um, and I would feel the days, uh, you know, throughout this competition, utilizing the keto brick, my body would feel so much better after consuming the product. It was like I was literally absorbing all of the nutrients and would not only feel better immediately after, but the next morning, it was a noticeable difference when I would have it at night uh, before bed. So that's why I I have the absolute, you know, it may sound cocky, but you know, um, I don't intend for it to come across this way, you know, but I, you know, I know the man that put the, uh, put uh, you know, put the recipe together. I know for a fact as the manager that we literally use the highest quality of ingredients. Um, it ends up Robert is the master keto chef producing an awesome, uh, an awesome taste. And, uh, it is in absolutely perfect ketogenic macros and, uh, there's no better keto product on the market. So I am very, um, proud to be a part of the team that that produces what is, in my mind, the best keto product on the market, hands down. 
No, oh, that's amazing. We're gonna we're gonna continue this this fanboy train for a minute, which I'm sure you won't mind at all. <laughs> but uh, like I've been, I've been a, a fat adapted for years, and one thing that always strikes with me is with Robert. You know, and I, he you know he refers to it as keto adapted. Like you know, he always says like, you're deeply keto adapted, and, and I personally <laughs> almost feel like 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 when you've been fat adapted for years, you almost have a different set of rules that you can play by as opposed to just you know you you know first getting into keto your first year or whatever. Right. Uh, the macros I'm using now. Uh, ironically, are the Keto Savage Lean Gain macros. That's exactly where I got them from. Uh, before before that, I was like high fat. I was I've always been high fat. It's it, just what I like. It's what my body likes. But I was high fat, high protein. Like you know, over 300 grams of fat a day, probably 300 to 350 grams of protein a day. Wow. And so when I decided, oh yeah, I, and all food, 100% food. <laughs> oh and wow. So when I decided, uh, I, I went through a low fat cut just as an experiment. Um, I think it was about from June to July. Obviously. You cut out what you're eating the most of. Your calories go down. The cut work, I felt miserable. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was, I, I, after they, I kind of did that for four weeks, I was like, okay, that works. I go and then, so I wanted to go the complete opposite route for the exact reason that you know the whole argument about eating fat making you fat. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so two, one of two things are going to happen here: either I'm going to get fat and weak, dropping my protein down to quote unquote low. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 or the opposite or nothing's going to happen. So, I mean, I've been doing this for years. It took me and Chris can attest to this. It mm-hmm. took me seven weeks to figure out how to hit my calories at 3,700, hit my fat at 310 grams <laughs> and get my protein low down to 185. I could not for the life of me, I could hit the 3,700 all day long. I could hit the 310 all day long, but I'd be like at 280 grams of protein. Right. Right. So like what yeah. you were saying, there, there's a bit of a challenge there. Like I, I've done things with butter that, that are, unmentionable on some <laughs> Facebook pages. <laughs> oh, and I tell people like butter is my secret weapon, but I mean, I've nailed them. Like I've nailed the macros consistently now, um, probably since mid September. And, and like I was saying earlier, I, I I'm at over 300 grams of fat at what some would consider low at 185 grams of protein, you know, in comparison to everything else. Right. And my belt went up and I, I should have measured. I didn't measure. Like I, I've gotten heavier and my waist has gone up about no more than a half an inch. Wow. wow. So point being, I'm eating a lot. I, I, I train hard. Obviously, that's got to go into it. And, and we have a lot of guys in the group that I don't want to say they're misinformed because everything works for you. It's got to work for you. And I, I'm a high fat. You know, I always talk about high fat. You got to get your high fat. It's, it's going to work. But you, I mean, you're you're about my size. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 5'8", currently 180 pounds. Okay. Now, you cut back to 1400 calories on the week of your competition. And I think you would agree that that is not a healthy number, even that someone that's our size. And we see it over and over and over again, where where we got, you know, guys in the group and like, this is their daily goal. Yeah. And I just wanted to kind of get like your, your, your thought on that. Absolutely. So yeah, the, you know, I was, I was, you know, I was, following the protocol to the extent for the specific goal of bringing my best physique possible at a single moment at in time of stepping on stage and those low calories are not it's not healthy to be that low and sustain that uh for you know any length of time um you know it was for it was done as a uh, strategy for a specific purpose and it worked but i was feeling the negative effects from that um and did not feel good uh and you know your your hormones um start to get messed up and start to tank and and 
that you start struggling with, um, uh, you know, I, I actually, you know, like felt weak, uh, because my body wasn't being supplied, you know, the nutrients, you know, that it needed, but yet this, you know, strategy did what it needed for me on stage. But then also like, I hope people realize, um, like the physique that I stepped on stage with is not a sustainable level at all either, in my opinion. Um, that level of such low body fat, um, and that level of leanness, uh, is not, in my opinion, healthy to sustain. And, uh, it's, you know, it, it was great, uh, for the competition. And I still have maintained a goal of being, you know, lean and fit year around and uh the ketogenic diet affords me the ability to do that um but not to the extent that i stood on stage and i would not recommend anybody um i would not recommend anybody dipping below 1500 calories maybe even 1600 um unless it's for a specific strategy for you know a very set amount of time for a specific purpose and then it's done with and you return back to normal eating and a um as far as normal ketogenic lifestyle eating at a healthy caloric intake well, one of the notes that Robert was giving you during the video of the podcast was that your starting caloric level whenever you started DSK 20 weeks pre previous mm -hmm. was really low to begin with. Yes. And so you had to be that much lower whenever you came competition time. Yes. Uh, so that was a factor. And if you were to do it again, I'm guessing you would probably have ramped up a little bit so that you had more runway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one thing that, you know, I hadn't really learned until I came and started learning from Robert um, mm -hmm. about uh, ramping up your metabolism and, uh, you know, the the importance of, you know, eating uh, a certain amount of calories for your body type and activity level. And uh, in this uh, concept of um, onboarding during a diet and offboarding and uh it's um and like reverse dieting and ramping your calories back up like i had never taken that into account before and yeah my calories began at um the very first week of my cut was between 2200 and 2300 calories um and i i was low 2000s to mid 2000s uh you know normally and uh so yeah i was very very low to start off with and i actually think my metabolism was um a little bit damaged because i had done in my opinion i had way overdone it with uh omad style fasting as well and uh and then restricting my caloric intake so um not the optimal starting place uh mm -hmm. for sure you still made the best of it. I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about macros because one of the things when, when the group was started a couple of years ago, my thinking was that this group is for people, for guys who are already familiar with keto and they've gone through the beginner group type vibe and understood things and whatnot. So they're already familiar, but we still have, and deservingly so, we still have guys that request to join the group and they're like, and one of our security questions is, what are your macros? Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or they get it, they will, they will tell in their Transformation Tuesday post that they've dropped 75 pounds or they've done this or whatever. And they're kind of doing the same thing that they've been doing the whole time and they aren't tweaking like they should. So, I mean, I, I we could go on for hours about 
about this, but give me kind of a snapshot of what you tell somebody when you describe the process of determining the macros for that individual person. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, it's a, you know, so I've been um, coaching clients with uh, on the ketogenic diet, um, you know, for for a little while now, and I'm now a coach on the uh, deeper state keto platform. And when we go into determining, you know, somebody's macros, it, there's a, a lot that goes into that. And you know, one of the things that you consider is um, where their current caloric intake is. If you're in determining the total calories, um, looking at what their total caloric intake is, and then um, immediately, uh, you know, off the top, I, uh, you know, I generally, and what's funny is a lot of people have no idea what their total caloric intake is. And, um, and a lot of people, you know, surprisingly enough, don't even know what a macro is. And uh, so then when you're trying to gather this information to be able to start somebody off, um, you know, and, and to get them slowly to adjust, I, uh, you know, it's hard when those are the, you know, factors that you're dealing with, because it really leaves you with not much to work with as far as uh, determining what's best for them as an individual. So usually what I'll tell people is, all right, we're going to focus on, um, we're going to focus on eating until you're fully satisfied. I want you to eat whenever you're hungry until you're fully satisfied. I want you to track everything. And I want, um, I want you to focus on the macro percentages. Uh, I want you to try and uh, get your fat between the 70 and 80% mark, your protein in between the 20 and 30% mark, and then to try and keep um, your carbohydrates down to 5%. And that's usually where I'll start somebody at um, that is beginning from scratch. And then I'll tell them like if they don't know what their general caloric intake is, um, I will tell them to eat whenever they're hungry and eat till they're full and see where kind of they're pinging at at the end of the day. And what's funny is a lot of people are drastically under eating. Um, and I have to end up telling them like, you need to be getting in, uh, more calories. And, uh, especially before we start doing any type of a gradual caloric reduction week to week. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. I think also when you talk about the macros and everything, just how people aren't always acclimated to what a cupful is, so to speak. Right. They think a spoon might be a cupful or, you know, you have that idea of the fist size piece of meat when you eat and all. I mean, I've, I, there's so many different things out there. And so you grab whatever and just like, oh, it's this. And you may look at a wrapper and see that it has X number of carbs and okay, well, that falls into play, but you don't look at the serving size and you eat the whole thing and oh, there were three servings in that and now I'm maxed out. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. There's just so many pieces in it, and I think it's a pretty common thing, and Alberto and Chris may agree, I don't know, but that's a, a lot of guys who are new to keto, when they request to join, that's one of the things where they're like, we don't know. Yeah. And it's a, it's a you have to, for what we do in our group, you have to kind of have already done your homework to get in there and re like, okay, I know. And it doesn't mean we won't help anybody, but you need to know some basics in order to, to really step up and really hone in on things. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I, and I would say, um, you know, that to some people, they were asking, 
you know, that were just starting off, you know, I, I was, and they would be shocked that I would tell them, you know, um, don't worry about the calories, eat when you're hungry, eat till you're full, but still track everything and make sure your macros are fitting within those ranges using a uh, tracking app like MyFitnessPal. And uh, I would tell them, I was like, I don't care about you testing your ketones. Like if you want to, that's great. But I actually had never tested my ketones until the NACA competition because it required it um, in order to compete. Uh, you know, if you are hitting those macro percentages and, um, and you know, as you're, when you're new into it, you need to be weighing out your foods and measuring out things uh, because you don't have the experience to eyeball yet. And if you're truly trying to maximize your results, then you need to be measuring out and weighing out. But as long as you're hitting those macro percentages, um, you are going to be in ketosis. And uh, I don't, you know, that, and that's why I don't put, you know, much stock in testing on a regular basis. The focus really needs to be on tracking your foods and hitting those macro percentages. Yep. And I got one last for you, and it's it's about bodybuilding because that was my first ever uh, ever being at a bodybuilding competition. I I was fascinated by the whole thing. But uh, how how do you get judged? Is it does it go by points? Is it just by what they see? And then what the, does being like spray tanned have anything to do with that, or is that like an <laughs> optional thing? <laughs> All right, now so. we're getting <laughs> so uh, and I mean that's a legitimate question. I'm not I'm not like trying to be a smart ass or anything, but like because because uh, I know the gentleman that was next. I think his name was Gary. I mean that guy was in phenomenal shape too, but he was clearly not as tan as you. I mean that guy was as ripped as ripped gets as well but it just the lights bounced off of you better yeah yeah and that's uh you know i i uh you know owe that to uh robert's guidance for sure so um you know having somebody around me that you know is a, literally a professional i uh, was obviously very beneficial for me um but uh so we were judged on several different things i'm going to try and remember what they were but they were um you were going to be judged on your uh your posing your condition Conditioning, um, and the, you know, specific body parts that they were emphasizing for the competition were your delts, uh, and your lats. And, uh, I'm trying to think if there was, um, I think there was like presentation or something to that effect was a part of it. And the tan definitely fits in there. I actually, um, got comments from the judges on our score sheets, uh, about, um, how much the tan positively affected, uh, everything that I did. And it wasn't, I did something that none of the other competitors did, uh, following Robert's guidance. Everybody else did the spray tan. I did not, um, about a month before the show, I started going to a tanning bed on a uh, regular basis to get a base tan. And I am very pasty white. Like, I don't tan, <laughs> I burn. And uh, so actually, the first time I went into the tanning bed, the, the girl was like, just go in there for five minutes. There's no way you'll burn. And I was burned for four days. So uh, <laughs> it, uh, and it's, and then they just laughed when I came back in and I was like, I'm going to only do three minutes. 
and uh, gradually worked up from there. But then before the competition is when, um, if you go to the Keto Savage YouTube page, watch the YouTube video of the vlog of the competition, you'll see them applying the Dream Tan product on me. And that's what really brought out that bronze statue-like appearance. And it's actually the same thing that all the pros um, use to stand on stage at you know the biggest competitions um, in the country. And, uh, and that clearly, you know, set it apart for me. And then there was, um, those different, uh, areas that they hit on, uh, the, the posing, the conditioning, uh, the, um, the condition of your delts and the condition of your lats. And, uh, I believe I may be missing one that I can't remember, but, uh, it's, um, and then the women's were slightly different, but, uh, but yeah, the score sheets, I mean, they were looking at all of that and they took into consideration. Like one thing that hurt me was that my posing wasn't smooth. Like I was actually, I don't know if you could tell, but I was actually like shaking, yes. um, while I was up there. And I, what a lot of people don't know, um, is, and, and it, it took me a minute to realize because I was like literally up there and I don't know if my expression conveyed what I was thinking but i was like why the heck am i shaking so bad like i uh, you know i was like i feel height and i feel the adrenaline and i'm trying to flex with everything that i have but i shouldn't be shaking this much and um <laughs> what ended up i uh, so the reason that i was shaking so much I, there were i'm sure the adrenaline and the nerves and all of that played into it somewhat but i had actually injured my back a few days leading up into the show um and every time during posing practice it was aggravating this uh this strain this muscle strain in my back and it was getting worse and worse and then on show day um it was actually spasming like robert said he could actually see on the video as i was flexing the muscle in my lower back were actually spasming and so every time i would flex and then release my pose it was like shooting excruciating pain um in my back to the point that after the competition, I didn't train at all for a week and my back still hurts now. Um, and it's been three weeks, uh, since the competition. So, uh, I attribute that a lot to the, uh, to the shaking <laughs> that yeah. was on stage. It was, uh, very painful. That would certainly do it. Anytime that you have pain that can cause all sorts of different things and then pain in the back, you, you've got all sorts of crazy stuff that, that ties into that. So yeah. 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 So that, that's definitely, um, good feedback for anybody that wants to uh, to do one of these competitions NACA is going to take on 2020 and wants to be the biggest thing that's hit the you know the keto sphere uh, in you know going into 2020 bigger and better than this last year so uh, we're excited to see what Cody uh, is gonna do he's been on the podcast and so he's a friend of ours at this point and so we're, we're excited to be able to support and uh, rep the NACA brand by all means yeah um, well gents any other parting shots any other questions I think that Brandon did an excellent job of, of answering all of our questions and more <laughs> i will that i did not realize honestly brandon that your direct connection with keto brick when i started the podcast saying i was gnawing on one at the moment so um, <laughs> yeah yes kudos i have learned that you do not need to refrigerate these items so yeah correct <laughs> yeah. correct that's actually yeah one of the best things about them they, they're perfect on the go shelf stable 
Yeah, we did a little a little pre pre podcast recording uh, meeting earlier this evening, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm about to bite in." Oh boy, <laughs> he had it in the fridge. We're like, "Yeah, let it let it thaw. It, it will let get it better. thaw. Let it thaw. <laughs> <laughs> it does get better." Um, oh man. Yeah. Well, any other parting shots? Um, I I would like to say something real quick if uh, if you guys okay. don't mind yeah. I just absolutely the uh you know I would just like to say you know it's a it's an honor to to have uh, placed first at the uh, first ever keto bodybuilding competition and and my hats off to Cody for the event that he put on and for what he's trying to do through that and uh, I'm proud to uh, very proud to hold the title for the next year and um I definitely you know see the uh, the benefits um, of this movement and what he's trying to do. And uh, I can't wait to see um, what comes next year with the competition. Yeah, absolutely. Are you going to compete or are you going to sit it out? Well, that will ultimately be up. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> it was it, it was very challenging. Like if anybody's considering doing a competition, I and they've kind of always wanted to do at least one. Like that's kind of what was in my mind. Um, I would definitely recommend it uh, because it takes you to a level and uh, and challenges you in a way that uh, when you come out on the other side, even if you don't place first, you have um, you have just grown so much as an individual uh, through testing yourself and overcoming that adversity. Um, I say that with a little bit of a... Of a uh um, caveat there that uh, if you have a spouse and children, um, mm-hmm. get their uh, support beforehand and then don't so be surprised if that support's not there the second go around. Just mm-hmm. because you know, nobody really knows what it's actually going to be like going into it the first time and it is extremely challenging and everybody around you is affected. Um, that, you know, they may not support it the second go around or want to go through with you what they went through with you before good 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 word good encouragement alberto oh i'm good man i i got my my bodybuilding question in there yep. uh, i know you had uh mentioned that you were a coach and i you're obviously you're on instagram if you want to share all that information in case someone's interested in your services yeah i mean put that out there as well yeah absolutely yeah so i'm the um as i've said i'm the, I'm the production manager for keto brick the uh the best uh keto product on the market uh hands down and then uh, i'm also a uh coach for deeper state keto on instagram that's at deeper state keto or you can go to the website at deeperstateketo.com that's also robert sykes creation and uh and is um you know taking keto to the next level and then uh on Instagram, my Instagram handle is Brandon B R A N D O N dot T dot Clark C L A R K, and uh, and then I'm also uh, on Facebook under Brandon Clark. I don't remember. Did we get you into the group? Yes. Yeah, I am in the okay. uh, in the Facebook group now. Yes. Uh, so that's another way that, that people can tag you or, or ask questions that way as well. Yes. Um, and that's kind of the same with all of us. So let's go through our socials unless there's any other business to attend to. Uh, so for me, if you want to get contact with me for, for anything, you can reach at, at, reach me at, at Duckman Keto uh, for all my ketogenic stuff, Duckman1221 on Instagram for 
or uh, pretty much anything else that's uh, just kind of uh, life. And then, um, as I mentioned earlier, we're on the group, and so you can reach us there. Uh, Jim, how about you? Um, again, the group best option. Also, um, Instagram at Jim Inman Jr. Been a little slow on the Instagram lately. Nothing been going on other than work and life and all that other stuff. So, uh, but still hit me up over there. And um, yeah, cool. Alberto, you're up. I am the Keto Cholo on Instagram, and that's where all my keto stuff is. And the other next easiest place to get a hold of me would be on the Facebook group as well. Um, I'm on always on there. Um, answer all your guys' questions as any of these guys will, and just do what we do. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you can also reach uh, our reach us at the podcast in general by emailing us at uh, Keto Man's Club Podcast at Gmail dot com. You can also visit our website for links to all of our socials, all of our uh, groups or uh, uh, Facebook pages, uh, the podcast itself. You can do so by going to Keto Man's Club Podcast or the Keto Man's Club dot com. And so that's uh, and the ways that you can get in contact with us as the podcast so please do that also uh one quick plug if you get the chance to please leave a a, a comment or a a comment or a review uh there on the uh, the podcast app that you're using um it helps the algorithm helps us get the word out a little bit we're wanting to grow this thing even bigger and any little bit that you can do in that regard helps us a ton so we appreciate the feedback that has been provided uh keep it up if you would okay well that's it for this week until next week make sure to eat meat lift heavy sleep and repeat Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week. 